intimacy with Jesus. Not religion. Not coming to church on Sunday. That you really got a real abiding relationship with the Lord Jesus and that you know he's real. You know he shows up right on time. Yes, he is. That, and when it says he knows you by name, it means he knows everything about you. Your ups, your downs, your ins, your outs. He knows that he knows that he knows that he knows that he knows. Hallelujah. I really don't know how you can never get emotional about the love of Jesus. Unless you don't know the love of Jesus. But when you know him, when you know that you know that you know that you know him, he'll make you cry sometimes when there's nothing to cry about. You get excited all by yourself because he's just that good. Hallelujah! 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 Glory! As we continue in our series, finding yourself in Christ, the life flow of Jesus in us. Hallelujah. Reading our scripture that we're going to start from as 2 Corinthians 5:17, reading out of the Amplified Classic. And it reads as such in our hearing. Therefore, if any person has been engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, that person, he is in his spirit, a brand new creation, a brand new creature altogether, in their spirit where we were dead now we've been made alive through the holy spirit the old previous moral and spiritual condition which was dead has passed away and behold you now in your spirit has become Fresh and new has come. Somebody else say hallelujah. Glory be to God. Father, even now, release your power. Release your anointing. Manifest yourself in the midst. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I believe that as once you are saved, the next, the most important thing is your spiritual growth. (laughs) You ought to be growing in love relationship with him. Did you know that Jesus will show you 
as much of himself as you desire? If, if, If you have not experienced him, it's probably because you don't want him. But, 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 but if you open up your heart, if you begin to walk by faith and not by your feelings, he will show up and show out in your life. I, I think that it is necessary for us to ask questions of ourselves if we are intentional about our spiritual growth. Amen. Can I share with you some some questions I think we ought to ask? Well, number one is who is influencing you in your daily walk? (laughs) Let, Let me make that clear. Are you acting more like Jesus or the devil in your daily walk? Because if you are a Christian, the Holy Spirit is trying to influence you. But, but, but don't be deceived because the devil's trying to hinder you and influence you too. Now let me just say this because some of us don't know this. You are always in a battle. But you always got a choice. If, you, if the Spirit of God is in you, you don't have to act anyway. You don't have to say anything. Don't say I don't have, I can't help myself. Oh yes you can if you say. Whose thoughts are you thinking? We have to get to the place where our thinking is more biblical. Well, you know the word of God is true. And that everything we think about, how we act, our behavior is after the word of God. When we're not constantly trying to grow in this, there's a demon on the line somewhere. That's trying to, we don't realize how real this thing is. God made you to be his, his witness, his testimony, and the devil and all of hell is trying to stop you. You literally have the life flow of Jesus in you, but the question is, if you're saying, is it flowing? The song they just song talk about the intimacy of Jesus, that he knows everything about you, and that before you was born, even before the foundation of the earth, he, he called you by name. Your salvation wasn't an accident. What attitude do we display mostly? God is reading our most inner thoughts. Now let me ask you, is your most inner thoughts pleasing or displeasing to God? Or do you care? (laughs) 
closer you get, the more sensitive you get to his heart, to his desire. After a while, it gets to the place where you say, Lord, I want to live a life that is pleasing to you. Someone said to me, and this is what they said, they said, they said, they said, I no longer want to live where I'm asking God to bless my agenda. But I'm asking God to, to, to show me his agenda for me. <laughs> it is no longer my way, my thoughts, my attitude. My, God is trying to get us. He, the, the Holy Spirit is trying to push us where it's not about us. It's about Christ. And that is where you really find who you are. That's where you find how real he is. But as long as we make this thing and all of life all about us and God is just our genie, you will never experience the power, the love, the peace, the realness. You don't know what? Circumstances should not determine your peace. Your circumstances should not determine. You you could be in a prison and still have the joy of the Lord. Because the joy of the Lord comes from fellowship with him. Jesus in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 15, give us an illustration of grapes, of I am the vine, you are the branches. And, and, and it is really the picture of a, 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 a vineyard growing grapes. One of the most frequent picture in Scripture of us is that of grapes. Show me some pictures. I, 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 been, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this, and I find myself buying some grapes. The problem was, it, here is not good grape season, so the grapes was nasty. The, the, the sun and, and, and the temperature did not create a, 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 a proper uh, opportunity for the grapes to get sweet. What God is expecting from us that we will be hanging through. Not as singular, but hold on. Let's stay right here on this fruit concept. Because when Jesus talks about fruit, I can almost guarantee he's not talking about the same thing you're talking about. One of the things that we got to talk about is, is, is systematic theology. And systematic theology means that I can take one concept from one part of the scripture moving into the next part of the scripture, and they match. 
Galatians chapter 5 tell me that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, uh, self-control, meekness, gentleness, which, which means that it is the character of Jesus. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Watch this, watch this. Not works. Not what you think you're doing. Because 1 Corinthians chapter 13 tells me that you can have works, but if you don't have the right attitude, your works don't mean nothing. So, so, so this time I said, I'm sending up my timber. No, you're not. He don't need your works. Because unless we are displaying the life of Jesus flowing through us, don't nobody else want your works either. My question is, is the life of Jesus being flowing from your spirit outwardly into your attitude, into what we do, what we think. Can you say you're loving? Hold on, let's take that. Let's erase that. Does other people say you loving? How do folks see you? Because I think we exaggerate ourselves. Oh, shut your mouth. I know I'm meddling. I'm going to meddle some more. Go back to the vine. Go, 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 back, go back to the grapes. Go back to the grapes. Did you know that, that, that expert wine or, 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 or farmers of grapes, they would actually manipulate the leaves to give the grapes just enough shade and sunshine. You know what? Both are needed. Both are necessary for the proper growth of the grapes. <laughs> Hold on, the leaves are big that they can manipulate the leaves to add shade in the right area, but yet you move it away to, to, to get sunshine in the right area. You know what that tells me? My pain, your pain, is necessary for us to display, for us to allow the fruit that is in us to grow. Which means then we have to be careful how we respond to our pain. There are Christians who never got over a hurt or disappointment and they haven't grew since. 
Can I prove it to you? I don't understand Hebrews chapter 4 when God is telling the children of Israel that you can't go into the promised land because you didn't benefit from the miracles I did to get you out of Egypt. You still got a bad attitude that you was in Egypt. So the blessing I had for you, I can't give to you because you refuse to allow me to show you me in your struggles. What, what God would do with every pain, with every situation, with every hurt, when, when somewhere in the process, if you are, 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 watch this, instead of getting bitter, mad, you begin to allow God to speak, he will show you more of himself and it makes you fall more in love with him. I just got to say this. When you spend more time gossiping than growing, when you are too busy talking about everybody else, then you're not allowing the process of your pruning to have its way. Uh, show me the picture of pruning. Pruning is when the farmer recognizes that the life flow of, the, of Jesus, say, is being impeded. And you have excess. So he cuts back with a sharp knife the shaft. I'm, I'm bringing wheat into it. That's not needed. Is God cutting you and you in rebellion? Is God pruning you, molding you, and shaping you, and you trying to rebuke him? Is God, has, has, God, has, has God tried to break you and you won't break? Are you determined to stay the way you are? And God said, guess what? I'm not even using you no more. told us that life was supposed to be a miracle round. Whoever said you won't go through. The greater the purpose, the greater the pruning. It takes a long time to learn that. It takes a long time for God to take our eyes off of everything else, everyone else, and put our eyes on him. Some of us, we have allowed our loved ones to become our God. I heard someone say, I just can't live without you. I understand the concept of I don't want to. 
But yes, you can. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. The only one you can't live without is Jesus. The only one you can't make it. I don't know about you, and, I, and maybe I'm not talking to you, but I'm, if I'm not talking to you, close your ears. But I'm talking to folks that's in survival mode. I, I, I'm in survival mode. Is anybody else in survival mode? Well, I know I need Jesus. Every breath I take, every move I make, I need Jesus. I have come to the place that I recognize that in my own strength, I got no strength. In my own ability, I have no ability. That God has to infuse me with himself every single day, every single hour, every single moment and second. Have you ever found yourself praying and you don't remember starting the prayer, but automatically it just, have you ever woke yourself out of sleep, calling out his name? Someone said to me, they said, I pray that when the pain stops, that I stay in process. And this is what they said. I pray because this pain has brought me to a deeper level of fellowship with Jesus, that when the pain stops, I don't forget. Jim Kleeman worked with us in building the 3M. We did projects together. He was instrumental in us starting CEG. Matter of fact, he's the one who, who we was talking about how the banks treat the churches. And it was a time when, when we was going to buy those vans and we had the money in the bank. And the bank wouldn't give us the loan. And I said, go pay cash for the vans. And we're talking about how they treat mainly the African-American churches. And Jim Clement said, Tracy, I know an organization that, that works in this in Maryland. I said, bring, fly the, the founder in. We're going to call all the ministers in Cincinnati that will come. And let's start this organization in Cincinnati. Jim Clement. He has Lou Gehrig's disease. He is now a picture of him in a wheelchair. Let me read, and it says, I have ALS, amazing, loving Savior. Let me read a passage. Listen to this. He says, yes, I had doubts. Yes, I was afraid. Yes, I was depressed. Yes, I was frustrated. Yes, I questioned my faith. Some would attribute those feelings to the human side of a person facing such dread diagnosis. But I have attributed them to my spiritual side because I know how the story ultimately ends. You know what I'm talking about? Pruning. 
went through all the hell, you still see Jesus. You see him as the best thing that could ever happen to you. Where, where, where regardless what life can throw at you, that after you deal with all of that, you say, he's greater than this. Hold on, let me read on. Doctors say fatality, but God is the only one that can say final. Therefore, after four years of searching out what was ailing me, after I finally heard the doctor tell me I had ALS and there's no cure, you probably have a short time to live. <coughs> I knew I had to shift my thinking from the physicality to the spirituality of it all. Some of us are so earthly bound. Our stuff, our feelings, our way, our gender, what we want. And God stands back and says, I'm not in that. You have left no room for me to show you myself. Let me, let me say a word that is difficult. Surrender. Surrender. But you know where the peace comes? Surrender. You know where the grace comes? Surrender. Know where God shows you what he created you for? Surrender. Let me, let me read on that. I, I'm almost done. It's, it's okay. It's, 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 it says, although the prognosis of ALS patients is three to five years to live, I am now in my 12th year. He says, at, he says, it's a thorn in my, in my side. At this point, my life, I know that God's grace is indeed sufficient. Now, one of the things, greatest things you could ever learn, his grace is sufficient. Listen, he's not talking from the mountaintop. He's writing this from the valley low. Our faith is not real until we can praise him, thank him, chase him. I mean, sure enough, have a good Holy Ghost time in the valley low. Until we see him. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Somebody don't hear me. There's somebody in here. You going through hell and hot water, and the only way you have made it is that you see him. There's somebody in here where, where your struggles have been your blessing because you didn't see him until you got in your struggles. There's somebody in here. You've been going to church for years. But Jesus wasn't real until all hell broke loose and all that you had was Jesus. Our perspective of him has 
to change. He's either Lord of all or not Lord at all. He's not your genie in a bottle. You don't take and leave what you like and leave out what you don't. The reality of him that he could twist you, mold you, and shape you and still love you at the same time. The reality of him, he'll break your heart, then love your heart back fixed again. The reality of him, he'll take everything from you, but yet give him yourself and it's more than everything he took from you. Until he is greater than your dream. Until he is greater than our, what we thought. Until we say, Lord, I admit, I don't know. I don't know. So, so, so I, hear, I hear something. God ain't like that. Oh, he's not, huh? How about Abraham, who has the promised son, the son of promise, of miracle in his old age, the, the son that, that God's going to make Abraham see spread throughout the whole earth, the son that God told him he was going to have, and even though he was 100 and Sarah was 99, even though he was dead and she was dead, God said, I call you alive. And here Abraham loves his son as much as he loves God. And God says, I got to put an end to this. Abraham, take your only son, your only begotten son, take him up on the mountain, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. Guess what? It wasn't the killing of him, it was the sacrifice of him that God became bigger than the promise of his son. What is it you need to lay on the altar? What is it I need to lay on the altar? What is it that if God takes it, I still trust him? I still praise him. I still say you God all by yourself. That's what Satan did. He moved God out of his proper place in our hearts, in our faith, in our belief. And God is, watch this, heaven determined to sit on the throne of your life. 
in the pruning process. He wants you to see him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to depend on him. He wants you to experience him. Some of us are just religious. Paul was writing, and I'm almost done. Paul is writing, and he's writing in, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And it's somewhere like verse 6, somewhere like that. And what he says, he says, he says, he says, there are, are, there are people in the church that has a form of godliness, but their conduct, but their attitude belies that they don't really believe me. And then he says something strange. He says, such people stay away from. You know what he's saying? That's what he's saying. He says, guard your faith. Because <laughs> the most precious thing you got is your faith. And if you are hanging around folks who don't act faith, talk faith, walk faith, behavior is faith, he said, be careful that they don't wean your faith. Hold on, hold on. You know, you know, you know, an apple, one bad apple that is rotting releases a bacteria. I mean, hold on, hold on. You can get a, 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 a barrel apple that is just fine. Put a bad apple on top of that apple. And the bacteria that is, that, is, that is destroying that apple will begin to spread to the good apple. And next thing you know, that all the apples are beginning to rot. You know what he's saying? Don't let somebody's unbelief, don't let somebody's doubt contaminate your faith you done came too far. It done brought you too far. You done seen too much. You done experienced too much. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't let your unpeace disturb my peace. I came too far. I've been through too much. It costs too much. Oh, oh, I done fought with demons, warlocks, and witches to get where I'm at. I refuse for anybody's. I don't care what you've been through. I know what I've been through, and it cost me too much. Oh, stay where you at if you like that. I don't like that. Been there, done that. I need him. I need his peace. I need his joy. I need his life flow flowing through me. Yes, sir. 
This is what I'm saying. Fight for where you at. But don't stay there. Joshua. Well, nobody be able to stand against you. Joshua, my servant, Moses, is dead. Don't stay in dead stuff. But he tells Joshua, rise up, rise up, rise up. It's time to march. You got your marching orders. I got more for you. Tell them it's time to go get your promise. It's time to move into your promise. It's time to trust me more. It's time to see the salvation of the Lord. It's time. If you don't want to go, it's okay. But I got to go where the Lord wants me to go. I got to be where the Lord wants me to be. It's okay. Joshua, keep my word in your mouth. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Yeah. Oh, I said, be of good courage. Yeah. <laughs> takes faith yeah. to walk with Jesus. Yeah. It takes courage yeah. to be what he wants you to be. Yeah. It takes a determination yeah. that I won't turn back. Yeah. Oh, somebody need to help me. Somebody need to say, march on, march on. In the name of Jesus, march on, oh Christian soldiers, march on. See what the end is going to be. You're in a fight. And especially when God got purpose for you, and he really got purpose for all of us. All hell. Somebody said, already break a loose. Then I'm just going to end it with this. Didn't mean to throw the water. It just happened. Keep believing. Keep praying. Keep praising. Set your eyes on Jesus. Don't worry. Don't look to the right. The word to us. You get in the word. Listen. Maybe what we're in with this pandemic is the great falling away that the Bible predicts. Falling away from the church. A falling see. See, let me speak to the people online. If you're not doing more devotions. If you're not in the house, if you're not doing more devotions than ever before, if you, if Satan 
will sneak in and pull you away. This is what I'm saying. Christians who once was in the house is outside of the house and they're not doing the devotion and they are spiraling. Maybe this is the prophecy in Matthew 24 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 2. The apostate, the fallen away. I don't know about you. I'm not going to be in that number. I don't know about you. I'm praying more. I'm, I'm praising more. I'm digging more. I'm holding on. I'm pressing more. Because I know that my salvation is in Jesus. Do you see? It's him. It has always been him. Will always be him. But your eyes have to be open so you can see. My prayer for all of us doing is that you see him. That he is sufficient in all of his ways. The number 45131 is if you need to talk to somebody. Have a minister that's waiting for your call and he will pray with you and he will talk with you. And if you don't know Jesus, he will show you how to receive the Lord. I got ministers here for in the house. They will be outside waiting for you because you don't want to miss Jesus. He's the best thing that could ever happen. He is the best thing that could ever happen to you. Hallelujah. He know you by name. Hallelujah. Oh, he is just that good. Hallelujah. Love you. Thank you for joining us. We have prayed that you be with us next week. Share with somebody that they may know Jesus. Hallelujah.